0: this is disney forever welcome to our perpetual disney movie investigation podcast i'm void and i'm here with my co-host katie who has amazing pull quotes like this
1: same thing every spring tweet 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 (laughs) tweet.
0: today's feature presentation is bambi which is a movie from the 1940s and it is not it's i have a lot of thoughts about this one katie what what's the deal with bambi
1: i don't know it's a movie about a deer
0: yes this is true anything else
1: I mean, it's got stuff and it was pretty, but they named a boat after um, Bambi's wife or girlfriend or whatever you want to call her, um, Feline, at Storybook Land. So I used to, when I worked at Storybook Land, canal boats of the world, I used to drive Feline. It's a boat. <laughs> I don't know.
0: Okay. So used to pilot his girlfriend in uh, boat form.
1: Sounds weird. But yes, I even like Googled to make sure that like I wasn't remembering wrong that there really was a boat and it was green and it had uh, Bambi and Feline on the back of the boat, like painted on it. And then it had flower and thumper were along the sides.
0: Wow. Okay. Um, I did pull some history for this one. And this is one of them where I feel like the history might actually be more interesting than the movie itself or the movie plot discussion um because there's not a whole lot of plot to this one which i guess we'll get to after the history but did you know that this was based on a book because i had no idea what yeah this is based on a book a 1923 book called bambi a life in the woods
1: what? no I, hadn't, I didn't know this was a book why was why is it a book
0: yeah this was based on a book that a, a different studio got the rights and they Tried to kind of do pre-production and realized this movie was going to be a pain to make. So they sold off the rights to Walt Disney. And then he made this movie.
1: After many years of production.
0: Yep, many years. Um, this one got a uh, top 10 or uh, 10 top 10. So it was like the best 10 films of each 10 classic american film genres if you can get your head around that that's a weird award but bambi got third place for animation and this was an award that was given in 2008 encompassing like the whole history of film up to that point so that's pretty impressive for a movie from the 1940s
1: i mean the animation is really good i mean it should be before all the time they spent on it
0: yeah no i agree um and that's probably one of my highlights of the movie that again I, we'll get there. Um. So Bambi had four voice actors, which I had no idea, but they actually had a different... I mean, if you look at some of the later Disney movies, they'll have like a voice actor for like the young version of a character and one for an older version. That's pretty typical. But to have four different voice actors, um, they had one for baby Bambi, one for young Bambi, one for adolescent Bambi, and then one for young adult Bambi. And it was four distinct people.
1: That that's nonsensical that's ridiculous
0: yeah it's so much that's overkill that is overpaying and overhiring well i don't know how much they paid him but it, that's overhiring for what you needed
1: wait a minute um he was only like an adolescent deer for like a minute
0: that's what i was thinking too it's strange isn't it what
1: he they hired a whole actor to do a voice for the deer when he was barely an adolescent i have, I have questions
0: I do um so as far as production went this one actually started in 1937 but then they realized how hard it was to animate the animals in it so bambi got put on the back burner um it was originally supposed to be like feature film two or three for disney as a company and it ended up being five so that's kind of how long it got delayed so this was put on the back burner Um, until like after Fantasia, after Dumbo, both of those jumped the queue in front of this one just to give them more time to figure it out. And they ended up setting up a small zoo at the Disney studios so that all of the animators could regularly go reference real animals and like watch them to learn how they moved. And this is the one where we kind of talked about this during the Dumbo episode where, the senior animators were put on bambi while the junior animators were put on dumbo and dumbo was the budget feature that they were just told just get this out the door um we need money get this movie done and bambi was the one they were putting all their time and money and like energy into with their senior talent and so that definitely shows in the animation and everything and so They they ran into a couple other issues with the animation where they had the forest was like too busy as a backdrop and as a setting. They had never like had a movie set in a forest in this particular way before. And so they had to figure out how to do the drawing and the animating in a way that there was more detail in the center of the frame and less detail at the edges so that it draws your eyes to where your eyes supposed to be to follow it. Otherwise, it was just too visually noisy.
1: I mean, it already was there was so much always going on there was like a lot of plants and stuff and then there was like the weird beginning right where they look like they were just pulling like cards that were animated or like drawn on across the screen do you know what I'm talking about
0: yeah there are a couple scenes where that's very evident that it's just like a still frame and it just feels like it's panning across like a painting or something
1: Okay, yeah, cuz it felt like the first chunk of the beginning of the movie which went on for far too long um yep. was was just like paintings.
0: Yeah, I it really did. You're right. Um so this this was kind of an interesting one where a lot of the animators learned a lot about their craft because nobody had really done it to this extent before. Um, and then after all that time, after all that effort, the critical reception actually wasn't that good for Bambi. Um, generally, <laughs> I hear you <laughs> laughing. Um, they, it, it was like a time where, and I guess we're not that different right now, right? if you have a movie coming out from an established studio or genre or series or whatever, you kind of go in with expectations. And because Disney didn't have a huge track record yet, they were really known for fantasy and fairy tales. And so people went into this movie expecting that. And instead, they get a story about a deer in the woods. And that did not go over well. (laughs) And so it didn't actually do that well at the box office. And then And I feel like I'm just a record on repeat here for a lot of these early 1940s movies, but then World War II got in the way of it making other money because there was World War II going on. Um, so the re-releases did really well, which is kind of the common theme from a lot of these early 1940s movies. They got re-released many times, like six or eight times over the years, and they more than made up for their budgets and all of their shortcomings in the 40s when they released later on. Um, but it just didn't do well when it first came out. And then the only other thing that's kind of like a production and history note is that they are actively working on a live action version of this, and it's in development right now and I don't know how to feel about that.
1: No, why do they keep remaking the the animated movies that have a parent get murdered? Why? Yeah. They've already well, done that.
0: Yes. You're right. I mean, we're almost to the point where the that like golden age of Disney musicals that you and I grew up with in like the the end of the 80s and then through the 90s to the early 2000s, almost every one of those now has a live action remake. So, oh um This is a little behind the curtain, but like Katie and I have talked about when we do those, we might just line them back to back with like animated movie and then live action remake. And then you can just compare contrast. So that might be coming up in the future when we get to that point. Fine. (laughs) That was a reluctant fine. I
1: mean, I still haven't watched the live action remake of Lion King, but we'll get there, I guess.
0: I haven't either. And now I'm kind of tempted to just wait till we get to that point. I'm definitely Um,
1: not watching it until we have until I have to watch it. Yeah. So
0: high level thoughts for Bambi. What did you think of the actual movie?
1: Okay, I went in. I've never seen this before. Okay, so this is the first time I've ever like sat down and watched this movie. And I honestly expected the mom to die like right in the beginning. No, she dies like almost like the whole way through the movie.
0: Yeah, it's like a good what, two thirds, maybe seventy-five percent of the way in.
1: Yeah, and I'm sitting there like my mom my mom had seen has seen this movie before. And I was sitting there, and I was like, So does she die now? And she goes, No, not yet. And she's like, Why do you keep saying that? And I was like, But she needs to die to move this story forward and it's taking too long. <laughs>
0: You're not wrong. The story doesn't do anything until after she dies, and it's way late in the movie.
1: It's ridiculous, but I guess all the animals are super cute, so I was definitely here for that because Baby Thumper and Baby Flower were so adorable.
0: Yes, I agree.
1: Yeah, and there was just way too much frolicking through the forest for, (laughs) like, 90% of this movie.
0: Yeah, I agree with that, too. Um, You know... My, my high level takeaways like Bambi's mother dies and it's traumatizing and it's not really for me as an adult, but I think I've only seen this movie one other time. And the only thing I remember from it was Bambi's mother dying. And in my, like, it was probably like five or six years old, like in my five or six year old brain, it was like a horrible, horrible thing that has stuck with me. Like it's literally the only thing I remember about this movie now that I'm in my thirties. So going back and watching it again and having Bambi's mother just kind of die off screen and it was no big deal was really weird for me because I had built it up so much in my mind.
1: It's like, I mean, even though I hadn't seen this movie until this point, that's the only thing that I knew about this movie that one, like his mom dies and that there is a cute bunny rabbit and a cute skunk and a deer. That's it.
0: Yeah. Um, so that was that was kind of my main thing going into it but then actually having watched it again now it's interesting because like this is another one of those shorter um disney animated movies it you know we talked about dumbo was like 64 minutes which i think is one of the very shortest this one was an hour 11 which again that's really short it's not um like a normal feature length but i was okay with it because there just wasn't enough here to actually flesh that out and make it longer Um, The one thing that I really did like and appreciated was like the animals move a lot more realistically in this compared to any of the other Disney movies before it. Um, And it feels like this goes back to the history section we were talking about. But I wrote this down before I even looked up the history. It just it feels like another one where the animators learned a lot and they learned how to realistically um, animate real life animals and how they move. But because they learned that. They looked for so many excuses to do it that they almost forgot to do like a plot to the movie. It It's like it spends so much of the time on these nature vignettes. And that was kind of my other takeaway was the first like 75 percent of this movie, you know, the first 50 minutes or so, it feels like it's just a series of these like nature vignettes that kind of center around Bambi, but there's no actual plot until his mother dies. And like you said, it's at least 60% of the way in the movie. It might be more like 75%. And then even then, it doesn't immediately kick off a bunch of things that happen. Everything in the plot that happens is in like the last 15 minutes of this movie that's an hour and 11 minutes. It's super weird.
1: But I mean, even what we're calling the plot, like this movie really didn't even have a plot
0: at all. It didn't. It feels like it doesn't have one. And I mean, we're kind of into the moments section now. And I don't even know what moments to talk about because it it all felt like it just happened at the end in a rush.
1: I mean, we found out that Bambi apparently is a prince and no one. I didn't know that.
0: Yeah, he's Disney royalty. He's a prince of the whatever forest. Maybe he's some kind of prince.
1: I don't know, but they just kept calling him prince. And I was like, what?
0: Yeah. Yep. (laughs)
1: All right, but I don't know. Like, all the animals were really cute, so congratulations to them on making really cute animals. Like, that totally worked. Um, <laughs> I will say that the owl, when he was, like, trying to sleep and they were making so much noise in the spring, that's how I feel now about lawn equipment. Like, just constantly, <laughs> because I'm working from home all the time, and it's just always so loud. I'm like, can it just not be loud for, like, once yeah. in my life? <laughs>
0: oh uh so okay maybe i'll do this maybe let me just run through the entire plot of the movie because it all happens in the last 15 minutes and i can do it really quickly okay do it okay this is what happens a bunch of stuff that doesn't matter bambi's there and they're in the forest there's your first 75 to 80 percent of this movie then bambi's mother dies suddenly Bambi's grown up I didn't even know Bambi was grown up in this movie suddenly Bambi's grown up Um, and then all the voice actors change for the characters because they're older and it's spring again so they're all in their second year all of the animals pair off with mates and then Bambi flies into a rage to defend his love (laughs) and then man comes back to the forest and shoots up all the forest creatures but they don't pay attention to their fire so they start a giant forest fire and then the hunting dogs chase Bambi because man is still hunting all the forest creatures and then there's a giant forest fire that Bambi runs away from. And then it cuts to the future and Bambi has two kids, the end. That That's the movie. That's the entire movie.
1: That's ridiculous.
0: And all of that, all of that is the last 15 ish minutes of this movie. Great. Like, I'm not kidding. Like, I don't, I, I was so underwhelmed by the lack of any kind of plot. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And is there anything else you wanted to pull out from? what little there is with this one
1: okay i was watching it and just when they went from like being kids or whatever because apparently bambi just forgot who flower and thumper were because they had to like reintroduce themselves did you notice that oh yeah kind of which made no sense but also what the heck was up with thumper's adult voice (laughs) (laughs) That ripped me right out of the movie because I was like, wait, what?
0: <laughs> yeah, they all dramatically changed voice actors.
1: Also didn't know that Flower was a boy. Thought it oh, was a girl. Yeah. Not a girl. Yeah. Um, apparently, springtime equals let's get busy time. Didn't realize that either. I should know that because springtime is when we ended up having lots of baby ducks and we had to become protective baby duck mothers at Storybook Land.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's Um, how spring works. Yeah, it does. Oh, you live somewhere without seasons, though. Never mind.
1: I do live somewhere without seasons. That's true. I forget that. Yeah. Um, I will say that the part where they, like, murdered the quail, that (gasps) freaked me out more than the mom dying.
0: (laughs) No, let's talk about that. You're right. That was, like that was way more scary and like traumatizing than the mom dying because the mom was like off screen i think the reason the mom dying affected me when i was a kid was because you put yourself into that position like where you don't have a parent right like that's that's scary as a kid yeah but as an adult it just it happens off screen and we kind of move on um until we get to this quail right
1: yeah. So they're they're all hiding, right? So like all the animals are hiding because man has returned to the forest. And the other quails are telling this one quail to like calm down and she goes, "They're coming. We need to move." And she's like, "Don't go anywhere. Don't fly. Don't do anything." And then she's like, "I can't." And takes off and then gets shot out of the sky.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's basically like having um they're all the quails are like having an anxiety attack while they're in the tall grass. And they know that if they fly, they're going to get murdered. And this one just can't take it. And it like snaps and it goes to fly and then dies. And it's yeah, that was like legitimately freaky.
1: That scared me. I'm not going to lie, because it's like it's like the same thing that happens a lot in movies, right? Like when they're telling you to not like, no, don't do that. Like, be quiet, stay there. And then they panic and just move and then die right yeah happens all the time and then i just was not expecting the quail to get killed and it shocked me (laughs)
0: yeah yep okay uh this is this was a movie we made it through it um let's talk about the bad the bad of this one the movie feels super long for what it's actually offering and the first 50 minutes the first 75 percent of this movie are really really slow without anything happening um yeah, how about you, Katie? What did you not like here?
1: Um, It felt like for a short movie, there was a lot of filler. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know how else to describe it. Like, I get it that we needed to watch Bambi learn how to walk, but like 15 minutes of that?
0: Yeah, did we need to watch Bambi learn how to walk and then also watch Bambi learn how to walk in the snow and then also watch Bambi learn how to walk on ice? Because we sure did.
1: We did indeed. They could have spent some of that time on the back end of like... You know, like not letting Bambi be an adolescent for five seconds and then moving on to him just being an adult all of a sudden. I'm like, what?
0: <laughs> yeah. So we never want to end on a note bashing a movie, even when we feel this way about it. So the good, the good in this one, um, for me, the good was really it was that animation. This was a leap forward for the Disney animators for realistic animation of animal movement. And it shows like Anything else you say about this movie? You know, plot pacing, all the things that we have problems with. They still nailed that part so well. So I will give them that.
1: Yeah, and the animals are adorable. That's the only good thing about this.
0: <laughs> okay, that's fair. That's also fair. Um, Katie, would we watch it again? Would you watch it again?
1: No, I'm okay. Thank you.
0: Yeah, I said no. I'm I'm all set. I'm good. I don't need this one again. Um, mm-hmm. That was, that was more than enough. So watch along. If you guys want to watch along with us, what's next? We got Victory Through Air Power, which looks like it's the last actual official feature film from Disney in the 1940s. Um, they did a bunch of... I'll just do the history of it right here, because we're going to move on after that to after the 1940s. But Disney did a bunch of these... like. Um, they call them anthology films and they're not really films the way that we would think of them now. It was more like a set of cartoons or a series of cartoons that they just like jammed together and they would play like at movie theaters. Um but Katie and I looked at them and we're not counting those as feature films. So that means that in the way that we're counting it, um Victory Through Air Power is the last like real Disney movie in the 1940s and then we're going to jump um, out of the 40s and move beyond it, which is kind of exciting. So victory through air power That's the next one up and I'm pretty sure it is straight-up American propaganda from 1943 we will see um, and then we're gonna do a wrinkle in time from 2018 We're gonna do Cinderella from the 1950s and kind of see how Disney evolves beyond the 40s And then we're gonna do honey. I shrunk the kids from 1989. Because, yeah, we are. yeah, awesome. I'm excited um, Don't forget we're part of a network we have podcasts, we have streamers, we have the Geekery blog, all that and more at geekgeekmedia or geekgeekmedia slash subscribe to get it sent right to you. And we always like to wrap up with a little bit of Weekly Geekery. Katie, what have you been up to?
1: Um, well, I mean, people are going to hear this episode like way later after this is already over. But currently, what's going on since this past Saturday is Kate Contact. Um, It's... An online version of KCON, which is a K-pop convention slash concert that I went to last year that they've been doing for years, which I didn't even know about. Um, okay. When I went to it last year, it was two nights of concerts and they just had a bunch of groups that they like got to come and on they split it on two nights. It was like four or five hours of concerting for, I don't think it was that long. It was like four hours of concerting each night and they just had a bunch of groups come up. One at a time, like, sing three songs, leave, next group comes in. And then they did that for two days. Plus, there was, like, a convention thing attached to it. But they're doing it online this time, and they're doing it for seven days.
0: (laughs) Wow, that's a lot.
1: Yeah, so I have to get up at 6 o'clock in the morning every day (laughs) to experience this, which is early, but it's fine because I work from home. But from 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. is just concerts, like, just groups... And then meet and greets. So I just watch it online. That's awesome. That's cool. Yeah. Like today was um, Stray Kids performed, which was amazing. And like their meet and greet was really great. And the person who's doing like the meet and greets is another K-pop person that I really like. His name is Eric Nam. He's really funny. Um, He's from Atlanta. So it's really funny. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. He's a solo singer. Like Chelsea and I did an episode all about his like career um, on our other podcast. You can't stop me loving K-pop, by the way. Yes. Um. So there's that. And then I watched this, like, Netflix movie called After, which I'd heard about. And, like, it kept coming up on my, like, recommendations, but I never watched it. But it was kind of interesting. It was, like, a girl who goes to college and then breaks up with her old boyfriend and then meets this guy. But the movie is, like, all about her life, like, she focuses on what her life is after she breaks up with the guy she meets in college. And I'm like, this is not very, like, like, your life shouldn't be focused on how your life is after you meet some guy. Like, that's just not great.
0: Yeah, that's not good framing.
1: No, it wasn't a horribly bad movie, but apparently it's, like, a book, too. Like, I also wanted to know what happened afterwards, because the movie just sort of ends. And I'm like, but wait, do they, like, get back together? Do they not? Like... What? <laughs> but it's, it fits right in the realm of movies that I like to watch. So yeah, um, and then the new Stray Kids album came out, which has been is amazing. Their music video is really good. I think you might actually like it because of the cinematography.
0: Okay, Would yeah. I like the music?
1: Um, I mean it's in Korean. It's pretty good. Like the their title song for this album is called God's Menu, and it's it's very interesting because it sort of frames the whole album. Um. Like, Chelsea and Ashley, we did a deep review on this album, actually, on, like, the episode of the K-pop podcast that was just released today. Sweet. We do, like, a whole in-depth on that, on the new album. But the way they shot this film, like, the transitions between the scenes and the music video are ridiculous. Like, they're so good. Like, that's why I think you might like it. Like, you should just watch it for that purpose.
0: Okay, yeah, send me the link. I will check it out. Yes,
1: um, but yeah, so Stray Kids, amazing. They're going to do great things. And they better win all the music shows this week. I'm telling you. I've been voting. Cool.
0: Oh, you've been voting. Okay, I hope whoever you voted for wins. I'm cheering for your team, whoever that may be. Stray Kids, um,
1: they have well, to win. Okay.
0: <laughs> then Stray Kids, we want Stray Kids to win here. Yes. Uh, that's our official endorsement. <laughs> I, I, uh, I've been checking out the Jedi Temple Challenge, which is basically legends of the hidden temple but with like a jedi skin over it and done by disney instead of nickelodeon and it's kind of amazing because it's just like it's legends of the hidden temple like it's not very different um it is canon which i think is amazing so it actually counts as like the the jedi master and the droids and um using like the Jedi challenges on this specific planet that they have and stuff. They're considering all of that canon in like the new Disney canon for Star Wars. So I thought that part was really cool. But mostly I'm just watching this because I'm watching it with my kids. And it's like a throwback to our childhood with like Legends of the Hidden Temple. But I get to experience that now as the parent while my kids freak out about how much they would love to be on this show.
1: That is amazing. You sent me this, which I haven't watched yet, but I want to watch it because I was addicted to Legends of the Hidden Temple and I always wanted to so be on was that I. show. So, yep.
0: No, that's exactly it. Like, and watching this with my kids, I'm like, oh, man, it's so formulaic. Like, I know exactly how it's going to go. There's no surprises. But watching them enjoy it is the best part because they're just like, they're so invested. They love it so much. They want to be on the show. And it's like, oh, I remember feeling like that when I was watching Legends of the Hidden Temple on Nickelodeon. So it's just like that generational handoff, which is awesome.
1: That's amazing. I love that they have that
0: yeah yeah it's really cool so that's probably it for this week uh you guys can find us all over the internet our email address is disneyforeverpodcast at gmail.com or reach us on twitter at disneyeverpod
1: um and you can talk to us uh in real time by joining our slack workspace or a discord server
0: i blog at agreenmushroom.com and you can find me at grn mushroom that's green mushroom without the e's on twitter i'm also one of the co-hosts on the Geek geek podcast with bj keaton
1: And you can find me on both Twitter and Instagram by searching the handle at Lady Catherine P. I'm also the co-host of two other podcasts um, with my best friend, Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, and you can't stop me loving K-pop.
0: This has been Disney Forever with Katie and Void. We'll be back next week as long as Disney keeps making content. That can't be forever,
1: right? It's okay as long as they don't keep making these like boring deer movies.